Well, thank you for um, inviting me to be here. Uh, and it's nice to hear people coming <laughs> to hear me. It's going to be interesting to, uh, to uh, hear what I have to say. Um, and it was fun having to log on to my phone because my computer wasn't working the first time I'm here, which is, you know, always a benefit to see what comes up, you know, in my uh, experience. And uh, I have to say, eight years of practice is kind of working. <laughs> so, um, so I'm a bit of a one-hit wonder. Generosity was my first visceral uh, connection to Buddhism before I knew what Buddhism was. I just knew sort of something happened in my life. Um, and as I learned more about Buddhism and how generosity was connected to, to Buddhism, I became more interested in it. Um, and, and the visceral feeling was abundance that I felt. Um, and so this afternoon, I just kind of uh, had some fun uh, writing stuff down and going on the internet and, uh, and just making stuff up. So I, I started looking uh, for a quote by Suzuki Roshi, you probably all know that cute.com has all the transcripts and recordings, and I've listened to hundreds of his recordings. They're just amazing. He's such a kind, caring person. And he was speaking to uh, people that were brand new to Buddhism. So he will always be teaching because they're recorded that way to people that are just entering practice. Uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not like it's, it's advanced practice. He was uh, teaching people that are, you know, were new to Buddhism. So, so this was the quote that I that I found, um, and I was looking up generosity, and I found mercy. So it's just interesting that he was using the word mercy, where I think uh, uh, I, I I see it as generosity. But he says, if you don't feel Buddha's mercy in instruction, and I think when he's talking about instruction, it's you know. The instruction we get to sit, the instruction from the Eno, the instruction from the Tonto. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful, the mercy in, a, in instruction, because for me, it sometimes feels like judgment, you know, do this right. Um, and if you don't feel, you know, and he says, you know, a lot, which is really sweet when you hear him say that in the recordings, uh, Buddha's mercy on your form and breathing you know, and take care of your practice, then there is no warm feeling in it. Um, it's just so sweet the way that he talks about practice. There, then there is no warm feeling in it. And it is not, you know, well-satisfied zazen. Um, you should be fully satisfied with your, you know, practice. Or you should be very kind with yourself. I'll say that again. You should be very kind with yourself. So you know, when you are very kind with yourself, naturally you will, you know, feel satisfaction, you know. Uh, it's just so warm and kind and simple. Uh, and so in working through the words that he was using, I looked at mercy. Um, and it's a disposition to show kindness or compassion, which I think for me is, we talk about compassion. I, you know, for me, it's just, I'm just trying to be nicer and kinder in this practice. So I love how mercy is connected to, to a kindness. 
benevolence and goodwill shown in broad understanding and tolerance of others. Um, and I added and self, which is for me, the, the person um, that I sort of have the least tolerance for. Maybe you've graduated to a higher level, <laughs> not me. Um, and, uh, and then for mercy, there was a synonym charity, which I love. Um, because charity almost feels pity to me, um, but the but the the uh, uh, definition was benevolent, benevolent goodwill toward or love of humanity, uh, which we are a part of. You know, we are we're a part of that humanity. Um, and moving on from charity to generosity, uh, showing a ready, readiness to give more of something as money or time that is strictly necessary or expected, uh, larger or more plentiful than is usual or necessary. And, and I pulled out the showing a readiness to give more of something uh, in what can we give more of? What is generosity? Uh, and I've kind of drilled down to three things. I'm, I'm in development. I've been in development for six and a half years here. They basically took me out of the kitchen and threw me in toss res and then threw me in development. I've pretty much been here the whole time. Um, so, uh, which is great. I love it. It's, it's, uh, uh, I think anybody who wants to work here, come on over. We need people. Um, but what can we give more of? I mean, what, what are we capable of giving more of? And, and the first is time. Um, in, in fact, really, it's all we have. Um, and the three things that I would say we have to give are time, talent, and treasure. Uh, and, and time leads to talent, right? Because we become expert in what we do. And treasure is the byproduct of our talent. So whatever we're doing, um, we're creating some sort of treasure that we can give away. So I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to know when it comes from a time perspective, I noticed that Jojo is looking for people to volunteer. Um, new cohort, cohort starts January, 2022. So it's like, when you saw that email, what did you think? Like with your time resource, Oh, I got time. I can do that, or ah, I'm too busy. <laughs> um, the, also, the beauty about time when it comes to generosity is that it's so uh, easy to see, right? It's, it feels a little bit like the dials on an airplane. Um, you know, I've, I've got some altitude, and then somebody comes along that talks a lot, and all of a sudden, I'm starting to drop down. <laughs> this is taking my time, or a job's taking my time, or... Um, somebody I see on the caller ID wants my time. Um, it's a visceral feeling because it's, um, we only have a fixed amount of it. You know, if it was turned into dollars in days and we were actually giving it out. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would say time is such a great measurement of generosity, um, you're being asked all the time to take your time or give your time.
uh, and uh, so and then uh, I added this in time so I, I tend to think of it as kind of a tuning fork you know we're all kind of like hit the tuning fork and am I feeling abundance am I feeling scarcity and how is it that I have a sense of like can I stop and talk to somebody? Do I pass them? Do I avoid them? If I stop and talk to them and give them time, do I actually feel like I have more time? Um, yeah, and I, for me, after a while, I noticed the vibrations more than the stories. Uh, so I'm tapping a deeper resource to be able to understand um, yeah, when when I'm able to, what, how how generous I can be. Um, under talent, I put, you know, it's it's what we do with our time. Um, but, you know, if I I ride my bike, so there's there's not much there's not much talent. I can take somebody on a bike ride, but you know, some people can play music and they can share their music. Some people uh, can give meditation instructions. Some people become experts in science. Um, and then how do we share that? Do we share it with a colleague that's competing for the corner office? Do we share it with somebody that you know we're mentoring? Did somebody share their talent with us and make us experts? Or did in some way did our, be our lives become more meaningful because somebody shared a talent with us? Uh, maybe somebody turned on a talent to us and now that's become a place uh, that we're able to spend time in a, in a sense of flow. So how, yeah, how does time become a place where we just appreciate, I spend four hours on my bike. It's, it's absolutely meaningless, but it's, it's where I, again, it's where that tuning fork harmonizes um, with, yeah, with my spirit. So, so yeah, that the the what we're expert in, what we're talented in, how do we share that? How are we generous with that? Um, and how does that make us feel um, to share? You know, essentially all that bottled up time <laughs> that gets expressed in some way. Um, it's probably why music, you know, makes us cry or touches us in some way that that uh, yeah, changes our experience. And then treasure, I think this is the thing that gets that people have such an awkward experience with. And in my work as a development in development, my only job is to keep my awkward relationship out of the donor's awkward relationship. <laughs> So that something's offered uh, unattached and um, and an invitation can be made for somebody to share their treasure in a way um, that's meaningful for them. I had somebody tell me um, this, this is a, a old, old farmer that uh, they can't farm anymore. So writing checks is how they farm. That's how they find their place in the farm. 
Um, and so who am I to say that they're not, you know, one of, one of the farmers and in, in how they do that. Um, but yeah, so, um, degrees are, are, uh, treasure, you know, um, academia is treasure, expertise is treasure. Um, you know, how do we, how do we, all these things that we've accumulated. So we have time, we have talent and we're putting it in the bank or we're putting it a car or we bought a house with it or raising kids like how do we share that with the world right are, are we are we fully expressing that um in a way that, that essentially puts it back into the universe or do we feel that you know if I, i'll be happy if i just get 10 more of them or 20 more of them um you know i think there's i've come to learn that that there's time spent, a talent achieved, treasure made, and then somehow that's put back into the system so that the system operates. And so that whatever is moving through me is moving through me and isn't getting stuck, um, you know, like a filter that's basically just stuck with all this stuff. So. Um, Yeah, so as we accumulate these things, um, these assets, is it making us feel scarce or is it making us feel abundant? Um, do we get a house and we wish we had a bigger house? Do we have a car, we wish we had a different car. Um, yeah, how do we somehow, because I think the system is that time, talent and treasure happen. So how do we make sure that these things are serving us um, and that we're not being served by them. Uh, is it satisfying? Are we satisfied with, are we moving? Are we, are we doing what's meaningful or are we doing what is culturally meaningful? I know I got an Instagram and I'm like, what is it called? Do doom scrolling, you know, through all these things. <laughs> it's like walking through union square of lives. Like, it's like, oh my God, am I, that my life, my life is cool, you know? What am I chasing, you know? Um, so it's confusing, you know? Is it, is, it, is it something I'm trying to keep and I don't want to give back because it's really not making me happy? Or is it something I want to give back? Um, yeah. So then I, I also, I thought of this story. I started in Vipassana. So I think this may have come from Jack Kornfield or Joseph Goldstein or Weston Isker, I forget who, but I, I did a search on the internet to find it. And it's so funny, it's a, it's a story. So I was putting all these words together, trying to find this story, you know, it's crazy. I finally found it. It's, it's about a tiger who was in a, a circus and living in a 12 foot square uh, cage. Maybe you've heard this story and the somehow or another the tiger was rescued and um and it was relocated uh and it was put into this um, beautiful tiger place and um and they discovered that the tiger just walked in a 12-foot square surrounded by all this 
space because that's that's what the tiger knew um, yeah and um and so in a, in essence part of this this sense of generosity and spaciousness and abundance that that at least that i, I felt um allows me to move outside that 12 foot space um, so as my computer won't work and i'm struggling i'm not struggling in a 12 foot space i have options i can i can log on with my phone i could go somewhere else um yeah there's there's uh there's a spaciousness so do i neurotically move back in a 12 foot square sure i do <laughs> when koto asked would i speak it yes what do you think the first thing i thought was no <laughs> it's in my little cage i don't want to have to go like do something that could be uncomfortable um uh and in fact when one of the stories of suzuki roshi uh, is that was it this was told to me by gill that um whenever somebody says something well when he said when you go to zen center when whenever you're asked to do something say yes which is crazy because zen center will ask so many things of you um but you learn to just keep taking on more and more and more and you just keep moving further and further out that space that that i created before I came here. Eventually you have to say no. Um, and it's actually hi that it says H-A-I, which is actually, I think means here. So, um, which also I think is a form of yes. You know, I'm here, I'm present, I'm, turn me on, I'm, a, I'm all for it, I'll, I'll do it. Um, and so, yeah so how, how do we get started um and uh and step into that 13 foot and um and i have this fun example so i've had a coach for 15 years she's in canada she gives me all kinds of intervals on on a bike um and uh and we talked about you know when you're when you're in the zone it's hard to stop working out and when you're not working out it's hard to stop and she would just say, uh, just put your shorts on, put your shoes on and go outside <laughs> and see what happens. Um, and I just love that. It's like, um, and so, yeah, when, 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 uh, Koto said, you know, will you do a talk? I'm like, great. I'll, I'll search the internet. I'll write some things down and, uh, I'll go outside. We'll see what happens. Um, and then, so I guess last, and I, I don't know if I, how long I've gone, I don't know when I started, but the, um, I think the one story that, was, that, that affected me the most uh, around generosity was, I had this saying about Zen Center, which is nobody got to Zen Center because they were on a winning streak. Maybe you guys did, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there's a lot of us that didn't. We came for some sort of transformation, um, whether we wanted it or whatnot. And so uh, this experience that I had was during my first divorce. And there was uh, a, uh, what would you say? There was an asset that I had a story around which is one of the things that keeps me from being generous is I make a story around something um, that I can be self-righteous. I can be, yeah. And, and I had all those stories and, uh, and, and then I went out and I got a sense that there were other things like that out there that were, that were available. Um, and I just remember at a, at a, you know, one of the darkest times of my life, working with a person who, you know, went from love to, you know, negotiating child support and custody and things like that, you know, a very difficult situation to just freely offering this asset. And, um, and I still to this day can remember a deep sense of abundance at a part of my life that was just covered in scarcity. It wasn't because we didn't have a lot. It's because we just had to split things apart. Um, and it's not very even generous per se, because I was looking at other things. But there was a sense of just freely unattached handing something over to somebody knowing that there was enough. There was enough stuff. I would be okay. Um, and, and that feeling has never left me. Um, and it's funny, when I started learning about Buddhism, I call it the opposite religion. Like, if you want to feel abundance, you give stuff away. <laughs> I was like, no one taught me that in school. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I think that's, yeah, and just to, I guess also to say that that there was a realization that that thing had been holding me hostage. Um, and, and, and that I understood after that, that I was holding me hostage. And that the, the beauty was that I could let myself go. I didn't have to, I didn't have to negotiate anything with anybody because I was in full control of my destiny. So I think I have a minute more. <laughs> I think I'll leave it there. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you, Miles. Yeah.